Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I'm your host, Ben Popper, joined by my colleague, Ryan Donovan. And today we're going to start with one of our favorite topics. Can it run Doom? <laughs> Ryan, we've talked about this so many times. Sure. Uh, it's a meme. It's, it's more than a meme. Yeah. How would you describe what it is in the world of programming? I mean, it's, it's almost like um, a cliche slash punchline, like, oh, yeah, that uh, can it run Doom? And the yeah. your self-organizing crab computer run Doom. Right. But it's also like, it's like an open challenge. Like, it's always right. like, if somebody comes up with something better, it's not often it's for, you know, just for giggles, but also people, you know, applaud the effort, right? Like, it's kind of mm -hmm. like this open challenge, this gauntlet that's been thrown out there. And if you can do better... So today, it feels like we're approaching some kind of end state. <laughs> to caveat, <laughs> this is just a academic paper discussing things in theory, sure. but one-bit pixels encoded in E. coli for display of interactive media. So this person, you know, with quite a bit of effort and um, wrangling here and there, has figured out how to get a bit to display within a single cell. And as mm -hmm. they say at the end, given the frame rate of Dune, that means it would only take 599 years to run the whole game on cells. <laughs> yeah, you could play it all the way through. Yeah, I think it's a, a frame rate of one per 70 minutes. <laughs> yes, yes. It's Which, not a great frame rate. You know, bless them for, for trying. You know, I appreciate anybody who's trying to run Doom on whatever. Yeah weird ass you know rolling rocks down hills or whatever yeah for, the next <laughs> step from here is dune on on an atom dune on a particle dune on a proton right we'll see well it's it's like is, is your system turing complete can it run dune right yeah <laughs> <laughs> an acquaintance i knew who went to college with me he was one of the first people to use crispr which lets you sort of edit a gene and they were able to mm. put a movie inside mm. of a cell it was that famous you know oh, wow. Moybridge, someone riding on a horse but yeah mm, i remember thinking right. that was like pretty amazing so we've gone from adding a movie to the cell in 2017 to like maybe even working our way towards a fully playable and interactive cell experience yeah i mean we're gonna have fully organic computers soon yeah. enough you know we store all your data in, in dna uh Ooh, display it like on it. bacteria we yeah. will be the computers. We'll come full circle, right? We will be the computers. Um, so speaking of games, you shared <laughs> a fun link with me. Yeah. I don't know who M. Kremens is, but what is Epitaph? So this is a game that's that's been going around for a while. I, I know it's at least like 2018 or something, but it came up again on Hacker News. First time seeing it, but it's uh, a Fermi Paradox simulator. Fermi Paradox <laughs> is you know, this is a vast universe. Why don't we see more alien civilizations? Right. So you play through these little civilizations, kind of really a very basic version of the game civilization, just granting them techs on the tech tree and then watching right. them get hit by comets or burn themselves down or overfish. Right. Yeah. I had a couple of civilizations destroyed themselves for by nuclear war, so... Congrats. Wow, you made it to the end. That, that's the most uh <laughs> yeah. That's the most impressive. 
I think there's you can take them to interstellar travel. Oh, really? Yeah. But if you take them to interstellar travel, then that's when Fermi's you know paradox starts to really raise its head. I guess the answer is like you'd have to move pretty far to get to another habitable universe, and by that time, what are your chances of of running into somebody else who's succeeded? Right. Then you you have to do the four D five D right movement. I always, I mean, we may have had this discussion on this podcast before, but my answer to this is always just like, the problem is that we think in human time Mm -hmm. and life forms in, you know, galactic time scale. And so Mm -hmm. to say like, well, for the last hundred years, we've been able to look for radio signals and none have arrived. It's like, that's not, that's not even a blink of a blink of an eye, you know? So just because we haven't seen them yet doesn't mean they don't exist. It means like, yeah, we'd have to be around for tens of millions of years Mm -hmm. for this paradox to feel like more relevant i think yeah and i i mean it's it's an interesting thing to see how many things can go wrong early on you know Mm. most of my civilizations are just wiped out super early you know they get hit by a planetoid there's a plague that goes around the person who made it is a interactive fiction professor basically teaches ways to sort of do computational creativity stuff like that yeah. So this is a very interesting implementation of that. Nice. I will say I've read more than once that Civilization is a video game which played within reason yeah, mm-hmm. typically improves kids' grades in school. So <laughs> it's I mean, one of those ones that has some real benefit. Teaches a little bit of history. Yeah. Unless you get Gandhi starting to nuke everybody, that's <laughs> a little bit ahistorical. <laughs> right. Don't use that on your next test. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, so we have a uh, startup here called Twin Labs, and Mm -hmm. their idea is that there are some things you have to do that are very repetitive. For me, when we hire uh, somebody or somebody leaves the company and moves on, there are a bunch of processes I have to go through that involve me opening an email, clicking a button, going to another OAuth, Mm -hmm. clicking a second button, clicking a third button, and then going back and closing that email, You know, confirming things are done. It's not the end of the world, but it takes me a minute or two. Mm-hmm. If you're at a huge company and this is happening constantly, this could be your whole job. Right. So the pitch from this company, Twin Labs, is teach an AI how to do this by showing it you know, the mouse clicks. This goes mm-hmm. first, this goes second, make sure this happens, this is a checkbox. And I guess you know, this is one of those things where it feels like, sure, you know, this might save you some time. And Sure, it feels like you know a modern AI system could accomplish this, but mm-hmm. <laughs> who's really comfortable with you know letting an AI click around their computer and potentially make some serious mistakes? I mean, it's you're letting it watch you do your job, and then it replicates your job. So it's literally taking pieces of your job, <laughs> right. right? You know, There's we that. keep joking about that. They're like, oh, this is that, but productive it's good for you yeah i mean yeah these are things that are like not essential to the job right like for me anyway like i don't work in hr but i have i have some function that i have to do just to help with the Mm -hmm. offboarding process because a lot of people wrote for the blog and so we have to make sure okay this person wrote for the blog we update their bio we make sure you know we change their their access their admin status whatever whatever Mm -hmm. and so certainly something i would love to be able to like have a sub routine that runs you know click it it runs a routine I check at the end to make sure it worked, and then we take it from there. Yeah, I mean, there's a famous programming book, uh, Automate the Boring Stuff, right, that teaches you right. how to write little Python scripts 
automate the things that are pretty dull. And, you know, people are doing that pretty regularly. Programmers do that all the time. Right. This seems like a, a sort of next level, uh, almost like low code version of it. Yeah. It's, it's open to everybody. And the fact that, it, you know, it's using a large language model, I think that's where you're like, do I really want this thing to muck around without it being a deterministic flow? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and why does it have to be like a large language model? You know, if you're just teaching it like mouse clicks and, you know, a step-by-step process, I'm not really sure where the LLM comes in there. I mean, I think it's a, if you're, you know, onboarding a new person, the steps aren't going to be exactly the same, right? It right. does a little bit of, you know, stitching and guessing and yeah. doing the LLM magic. Yeah. All right. That's the very quotidian, like, hey, the AI is going to move my mouse around and do some clicks that cost me three minutes a day. Uh, right. A paper published in Nature Today. This is from December 14th, 2023. Google DeepMind has used a large language model to crack a famous unsolved problem in pure mathematics. So this is bringing, you know, like moving science forward, bringing new knowledge into the world. The uh, uh, caveat here, you know, is that mm-hmm. it came up with like, you know, a bajillion <laughs> ideas. 99% sure. of which were garbage and they had to throw away. But there was gold in that garbage, my friend. <laughs> there was a proof among all yeah. the failures. And, you know, that that may be one of the benefits of AI is that it can just try everything, right? It can come up right. with yeah. a billion dumb ideas. And one of them, <laughs> it's like right. Doctor Strange, right? He's like, oh, there's one timeline where we win. Right. So, Yeah, what's that old saying? It's like, a million monkeys yeah. and a bunch of typewriters are eventually going to c- come up with Shakespeare or whatever, right? That's right. It's, it was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. Stupid monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, maybe AIs are just a billion monkeys, right? I mean, that's all we are. We're, we're just billions of monkeys. We're just single reminder. monkeys. Yeah, collectively. Collectively, I mean. Collectively. But yeah. I think there's a lot of folks who are resentful of the output and some of the monkeys are, are putting out in the world. Yeah. Speaking of input and output, um, we'll share this in the show notes. I found a nice prompt builder. Mm-hmm. It, uh, you know, you have a task you want to accomplish. It gives you a way to get the most out of your LLM. And so first, act like, specify a role. I need mm-hmm. a, what do you need? You will enter a task. In the process, you should enter details. Please enter exclusion. Input the final result in selective format. Here is an example, enter an example. And so by structuring it in that way, you have a much better chance of mm-hmm. right, getting gold instead of garbage. Mm-hmm. And so I thought this was a cool little tool. We'll, we'll share it in the, in the show notes if you're trying to step up your prompt game. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting to kind of go through those steps, but in some of the discussion about it, right. the sort of prompt engineering isn't the, the best practices anymore. The, People are talking about prompt vibes. Mm, this is a little out of date. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, what's a prompt vibe? You just have to get the right vibes in it. You're not specifying each piece of it because mm. these LLM providers are feeding back queries. So they're getting better and better at getting the right answer for short off-the-cuff queries. Gotcha. So you have to sort of know where the model is today in terms of what it's tuned to. Yeah. You got to read the meta. Yeah. That's right. You got to play the meta. What's the meta right now? (laughs) I like that. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know we have uh, an LLM chat tool here. How much prompting have you done with it? 
I would say I've done a lot of prompting in the image generation space. And mm-hmm. I've learned a lot there about how asking, you know, for different things in different ways and bringing in sometimes what seem like strange references can mm-hmm. create really incredible results. And I like to peruse sort of, you know, like there's on Midjourney, they have a board of stuff that's mm-hmm. been submitted. And so you can, you know, take somebody's prompt uh, and you see like, wow, I really loved the output here. And then you can sort of tweak it to be your own. So I would say in the in the world of image generation, I've done a lot of prompt engineering. Mm-hmm. In the world of text generation, I've done a bunch, you know, like mm-hmm. I want to see, hey, can you write how much of this, you know, outline or first draft or mm-hmm. summarization, you know, can you write for me? I've done a lot mm-hmm. of that. I haven't done much in code generation aside mm-hmm. from coding up a few small games. And there, I think I probably was not, a, I was not a great prompt engineer. How about you? <laughs> um, I've done, a, a, you know, I'm also a mid-journey user and I think, right. you know, that's the case where I sort of like the surprise of it. Like, show me something weird mid-journey. Right. For the the text generation, I think it is a sort of vibes thing, right? Like you, you got to keep refining, say, oh, don't, this wasn't what I wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Do something to this thing you generated, make it a little better. Mm-hmm. I played around with the code a little bit. I'm not nearly uh, as competent with the code to, to take it the next level. Haven't done anything that's sort of usable, but for a sort of deep, deep amateur, it is impressive to see. It just gives me the, the good starting point. Yeah, I like that. All right, y'all, it is that time of the show. Let me head on over and shout out someone who came on Stack Overflow and shared a little bit of knowledge awarded two days ago to Max Libert. The question is, Python faster than C++? How does this happen? Well, <laughs> if you want to know why it happened in this case or why it happens in some cases, Max has an answer for you and has helped almost 20,000 people. So we appreciate it, Max, and congrats on your Lifeboat badge. As always, I am Ben Popper. I am the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can find me on X at Ben Popper. You can email us with questions or suggestions for the show, podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you like listening to us gab, you can leave the show a rating and a review. It really helps. I'm Ryan Donovan. I edit the blog here at Stack Overflow. You can find it at stackoverflow.blog. And if you want to reach out to me on X, my handle is rthordonovan. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon.